Welcome. Good evening in USA. Good morning tea party in Bollywood. You heard Ravi. Rise up and shine. Get up, you lazy heads. <laughs> it's time for some scripture, some God's word. This is your host, Mystic Guide. We'll be working in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. If you'll keep your eyes in the chat room, Ravi will assist in the teaching or expounding upon the scripture, but mostly he'll type out the scripture in Hindi and do his best to paraphrase what I teach. This will be a new experiment. And hopefully by next week, we will have, ah, let's give it two weeks, you know, technology. Just getting a doctor's appointment takes six months. (laughs) We will have for you a pamphlet made for each and every one of you. We're going to, uh, speaking in tongues, its profit and usage in the life of a believer. So it will teach you how, practical steps on how. My work is to teach the accuracy, the truth. It's your job to do the work and practice what it says. Obey God, do what he says. And if it's the truth, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, this is how you'll know is when you speak in tongues. I'll do an ID. We'll be right back and start reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 14. You can go to also themysticalvoyage.com enlightenment-radio.com for the desktop version of listening You can also download our app directly now, Enlightenment Radio, from the App Store. Woohoo! A new announcement. We have an app. Thank you, Ravi. Thank you, Radio King. We worked hard for that to get that app directly downloaded. Now, if you still have an Android phone, you can still go to Radio King and download Radio King, then you hit the word Explore, and then Explore Inside Right Enlightenment Radio. Ravi, type out Enlightenment Radio on the uh, Tea Party. And I'm going back and forth, so so if my voice sounds like I'm in a closet, 
It's because I am in a closet. <laughs> I'm in a bunker hidden away here in the U.S. Christianity is free still here. It really is. It's under attack by a few people, but it's just bound. You know, trying to attack God is like trying to throw an egg against a tank. It's not going to work. I'll be back shortly. We'll start reading the scriptures and get into the word. The spice expands consciousness. Expands consciousness. The music you are listening to is coming from Enlightenment Radio. Sound waves that lift your consciousness, enhance your mood, and transcends time and space. Visit our website at enlightenment-radio.com, where you'll be guided each level of transformation to become an enlightened one. First Corinthians chapter 12, 13, and 14 is the manual or the map on the spiritual manifestations. The first verse, 1 Corinthians 14, 1, follow after love or the love of God and desire spiritual gifts rather than you may prophesy but rather that you may prophesy. The reason it says rather that you may prophesy is because it's understood in your language. Number two, for he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men, but unto God. For no man understands him Howbeit in the spirit he speaks mysteries. Wow, what a heavy verse. You don't understand what you're saying. God understands what you're saying. That's what counts. And what you are speaking is mysteries. Not only mysteries, but divine mysteries mysteries hid in God. Wouldn't you like to do that? <clears throat> so he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men but unto God. For no man understands him if he walk in a meeting. Howbeit in the spirit he speaks mysteries. What I'm doing or what God is doing is unfolding the purpose and how this works. Verse 3, but he that prophesies speaks unto men three things, edification, watch the chat room, Ravi's going to write this out in Hindi, edification, exhortation, and comfort. 
Those are edification, means to build up. What you hear from God will build you up. What you hear from God will exhort you. To exhort means to inspire, to inspire you. And comfort means if you're nervous about rent tomorrow, if you're nervous or if you are not at peace, God's words in this prophecy will comfort you comfort you and relax you number four he that speaks in an unknown tongue it doesn't matter if you're in a meeting hey barky ronnie barky ronnie look at the words in hindi isn't this fantastic we're gonna we're going to get this together to where we're all on the same page and understand one another. My uh, speaking will be in subtitles and we'll have this pamphlet ready in two weeks in Hindi. Surely he that speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself. In other words, if you're speaking in your private prayer, not out loud, but in your private prayer, Emphasize that, Ravi. Speaking in an unknown tongue, private prayer, edifies himself. But he that prophesies edifies the church. Now, the word church is in the Greek ekklesia, spelled E-K-K-L-E-S-I-A. It's like the word we use for school. In America, ecclesia is translated school. But the church is simply the body of believers spiritually. The church is the body of Christ. It's a spiritual body. So if you prophesy, verse 4, it will edify, build up the church. That's the purpose. Wouldn't you like to be able to Stand up. Thank you, Ravi. Build up and edify your fellowship believers. By the way, the church we're not talking about is a building, a temple. It is the first book of Acts was always in the homes. Small get-togethers in the homes. Sometimes when you start speaking in tongues, people are going to gather around and you're going to have them standing outside waiting to get in. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Especially after a, a, a miracle healing. But speaking in tongues is just the same God energizing you, giving you the energy. Verse 5. I would, should be, I desire, I desire that you all speak with tongues. What does that mean? Well, that's just what it means. This is, accept these words if they were of a personal letter written to you. 
name your name. I would, I desire that you all speak with tongues. So therefore, it's not a gift. If he desires you all to do it, it can't be a gift. The word gift is mistranslated in chapter 12. We will go over all of this in your language real soon. If you have a Hindi Bible and it says in chapter 12 concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, that word gifts is matter, spiritual matters. Speaking in tongues is not a gift. It's a manifestation. Ravi, write this word. Manifestation of the gift of Holy Spirit, small h, small s. And I'll wait for you to type that out. Manifestation, speaking in tongues, is the manifestation of the gift of Holy Spirit you already have inside you. It's like running water, running over. That's all it is. Spirit inside you is like running water, running over, is lambano. But until then, rather that you prophesied, for greater is he that prophesied than he that speaks with tongues, except he interpret. So it's available to interpret your tongue language that the church may receive edifying once again. It's for edification, comfort, exhortation. So if you are interpreting in the language of the people president in your room or your fellowship, it's in the language that you they understand. That makes sense. So in your mind, you can speak in tongue, it will edify yourself. But if you interpret in the body of believers, they will understand the language you are speaking. So let me give you an example right now. Masantra hi prescinde le criando o nomo shonto manahasanta la kishinte. The Lord thy God, I am with you always. I care for you. I love you. Know that my word is for you to understand and be enlightened and come into a knowledge of the truth. Boom. That's it. I just interpreted the tongue that I do not understand in the English language. So... Once you start doing this constantly, practicing it, we will, uh, I will teach you how to interpret also. I'm just not going to let you. I mean, once you speak in tongues, you'll be happy dancing and smiling all over the room in your mind and in your head. You can speak it out loud. Who cares? It's, not, it's meant to be private prayer. Yes, we're in Corinthians 14, 5. Verse 6. I'm not sure about verse 5, that the church may receive edifying, if that's the word lambano or decamai. Either way, the church receives, it gets built up 
when you interpret in English. See, prophecy is not really greater than tongues, but it's only, it's, you got to keep this in the context. Ravi typed this out. Yes, tea party with his key to check that secretary of mine typing in Hindi. The purpose, I lost track, this is for, oh, the context, context. Barka, hello, love you too. This is for the context of in the church, this verse. This whole chapter is in the context of in the body of believers. This is where those fabulous church leaders in loincloths and hats and garbs and crosses around their neck get it all wrong. They don't believe. If they can't do it, then they don't teach it. And if they can do it, they teach it wrong. I've been doing this for 45 years. I've never seen it fail. Now number six. Now brethren, if I come unto you speaking in tongues, what shall I profit you except I shall speak to you either by revelation or by knowledge or by prophesying or by doctrine? Very good. There you can read it in the Tea Party Room. That is verse 6. So the gist is, I shall speak to you by revelation. That's in English. Revelation is knowing something that you cannot know by the five senses or by knowledge or by prophesying or by doctrine. That's reading the scriptures. Verse 7. And even things without life-giving sound, whether pipe or harp, except they give a distinction of sounds, how shall it be known what is piped or harped? How do you know if it's piped or harped unless you understand what they're saying? That's just a figure of speech. For if the trumpet, verse 8, for if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to the battle? Figure of speech. So likewise, this is Paul's getting to the point, except you utter by the tongue words easy to understood, be understood, how shall it be known what is spoken? For you shall speak into the air. Verse 10. There are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world, and none of them is without signification. I, I would probably have to Google how many languages are in the world. Take a guess. Take a guess while we're pausing here. Ravi's typing. Thank you, Ravi. We're already for catching up. Um, let me Google it. How many languages, by the way, when you speak in a tongue, it's of men or of angels. It's of men and of angels. And it could be an ancient language that's no longer used. It could be a current language that is still being used. 
or a language of angels. Angels, not or, but and, it says. Notice it says that in the prior chapter. So I'm going to hit Google. Pardon my informality tonight, but this is an informal early gathering because we're not the organized church. We don't have pews. We don't have mass. We don't have rituals. We don't have traditions. We just love God, love his spirit he gave us, love one another, because we all are going to end up in heaven in the same place. Oh, there's 7,150 languages are spoken today. So you're speaking one of those 7,000 languages that you don't understand. And I'd be willing to bet before 7,100 and some odd languages came about, there were probably at least 10 to 20,000 languages that have disappeared, gone astray, evolved into another language and is no longer spoken. So you are speaking any one of these thousands of languages doesn't matter what it is you interpret you interpret in a believers meeting verse 10 there there are it may be so many kinds of voices in the world and none of them is without signification i just read that that's why we just said 7100 languages that are in the world right now they understand they have significance and they have meaning. There are verse 11, Therefore, if I know not the meaning of the voice, I shall be unto them that speaketh a barbarian. He that speaks shall be a barbarian unto me. Verse 12, Even so, for as much as you are zealous for spiritual gifts, gifts, Seek that you may excel to the edifying of church. Whoa. So those who tell me that speaking in tongues is no longer available, they're liars. They're not telling the truth. What does that verse just say right there? Seek that you may excel to the edifying of church. That's God's desire. So if you are to seek to the edifying of the church, how can you say that speaking in tongues, interpretation, and prophecy have died out with the apostles? I shouldn't be saying, maybe you don't hear those things, but I hear them and I read about them. They are truly for today's church. Verse 10, verse 11. Ravi just typed out verse 9. I'll let him get caught up. But we're going to read from verse 12 next. We just read from verse 12. The key here is, even so, for as much as you are zealous, of spiritual gifts, 
Seek that you may excel to the edifying of the church. Why would God tell you to seek to excel to edify the church if these spiritual manifestations had died out with the apostles? It's simply not true. These are energized by God in your spirit, your Christ in you. Christ in you is the mystery. You have the same power, same inheritance, same ability, same love, same compassion, everything that Christ is and has has been given to you by grace. So it is Christ on the day of Pentecost who actually poured out the gift of Holy Spirit or the tongues that poured out the Spirit. <clears throat> Verse 13, Wherefore let him that speaks in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. It's that simple. It's that simple. I'll slow down. We're on uh, verse 13. I once walked into a believer's meeting. I didn't. This was my introduction to this particular ministry. And when they spake in tongues and interpreted, I thought, well, that's interesting. <laughs> that's, I didn't understand what was happening, but I knew this was power from on high. It was power from God. I understood that. So let this be known that this is power from God. And in verse 13, we read, Wherefore, let him that speaks in an unknown tongue pray, or you can say also, Ravi, you can say, he that speaks in an unknown tongue believe that he may interpret. We're still in the context of the church. If you're speaking in an unknown tongue and you're by yourself, you don't need to pray to interpret. But you need to pray to interpret by the time you get to the church. Because when you walk into a believer's meeting, you speak Hindi, you chatter about the work and your day, how good the coffee is, <laughs> how good the tea is. And you tea party. In the morning, you can... Go about your day. This is what is so fantastic. You can do the will of God. Some people ask two things. How do I know I'm really born again and how do I do the will of God? Both are the same things. If you're speaking in tongues, you know you're born again. If you're speaking in tongues, you're doing the will of God. So... Seek that you may excel to the edifying of the church, verse 13. Wherefore, let him who speaks in an unknown tongue believe that he may interpret. 
For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is it then? Verse 15. I will pray with the spirit, and I will pray with the understanding also. That's why I don't call it speaking in tongues. Very seldom. Because when you say that, it makes it sound like you're speaking out loud. On the day of Pentecost, it happened that way because it was needed. But if I pray or... Look, that's what it says it is. If I pray in my tongue, then my spirit prays. It's spiritual prayer. Type that out, Robbie. Spiritual prayer. It is spiritual prayer. It is also perfect prayer. When I speak in tongues, let's say right now, this is a little bit out of order. But if I close my eyes and I picture my group, my family in India, God is in making intercession for you, someone in that group just got prayed for in the spirit, or you all did as a group. I don't know. Or I might have been just edifying myself, but I asked God to make intercession. I've seen or I've listened to tapes before where my language changes when I speak for a specific person. Verse 14, For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays. So it's spiritual prayer, but my understanding is unfruitful. So what? You're praying perfectly. It'll be the only perfect thing you will ever do in your life. Ravi, I'll give you time to type that out. Speaking in your spiritual prayer language will be the only perfect thing you'll do in your entire life. Speaking in your spiritual prayer language will be the only thing you'll ever do perfectly in your life because it's God's bypassing your brain. Perfect prayer. I listen, I rarely pray in my understanding because if I can speak perfectly in my mind, in my prayer language, then I let God energize and do the work. <laughs> If I were to speak up a spiritual prayer language and all of a sudden somebody in the room understands it, that would be a phenomena. I've heard of that happening before. I believe someone in Turkey, it was a, on, he was on the mission field, and he heard someone speak in tongues, or no, I know what it was. It was a member of the meeting 
he heard the believers speak in tongues and interpret, and he said, well, that was in my language, and I understood the interpretation was almost exactly. It's not a translation. Interpretation is the gist or the paraphrased of what was just said. Okay? It's not to go out on the mission field so you can speak their language. That's a misnomer. What is it then, verse 15, I will pray in the Spirit, I will pray with the understanding also. Paul says, I will sing with the Spirit, I will sing with the understanding also. Those of us who can sing and have a voice will sing in the Spirit, in the shower, <laughs> or in your kitchen when you're alone, singing in the Spirit, and I will sing with the understanding also. Verse 16, else when thou bless with the Spirit, there's one of the purposes of the prayer language. Remember, I went over 25 of them a couple weeks ago. All the purposes of speaking in your spiritual prayer language. Else thou shalt bless with the Spirit he that occupies the room unlearned say amen at the giving of thanks. I've lost my place. What is it then? I will pray with the Spirit. I will pray. Okay, verse 18. Else when thou shalt bless with the Spirit. That's one of the things. The word bless in the Greek is a different word. I believe it's praise. But bless is a good word. Else when thou shalt bless with the Spirit, how shall he that occupies the room of the unlearned say amen at the giving of thanks, seeing he doesn't understand what you're saying? 17. For thou verily givest thanks well, but he, but the other is not edified. That's another purpose of speaking in tongues. Ravi, write this out. Verse 17. For you verily, you give thanks well, perfectly. You're giving thanks to God perfectly with your spiritual prayer language. How many times have you thought, how can I thank God? How can I thank this wonderful time in my life when I'm learning, I'm being enlightened. How can I thank God? I just don't have the words. You speak in your spiritual prayer language and you will definitely, definitely be praying and thanking God perfectly. Isn't that wonderful? You'll be praying perfectly and giving thanks perfectly. That's how it works. Okay, let's play a little break time. Give you all time to catch up. Sip another cup of hot tea.
get ready for the day. I love my family. I'm going to type I love you in, what is that, PIR? <laughs> and we need to keep this love of God in our hearts going. It'll attract others into your life. I'll be back shortly with more of 1 Corinthians 14. We'll finish this entire chapter, which is how to understand and the proper usage of speaking in tongues in a believer's meeting. Keep that in the context. It, this is all about in a believer's meeting.
That's God moving over the face of the waters from Moby. Beautiful piano player. We're starting back with verse 18. Here's another one. I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. That's not Paul bragging. It is, but it isn't. That's really Paul emphasizing that he thanks God for his prayer language. He's grateful. He has gratitude more than anything and more than all of them. Had Paul at one time persecuted the church under the name Saul, he rounded them up. He went into their homes. Imagine, come in and rounded you up, tied you up, loaded you up on a cart and sent you off to prison. Some of you resisted and were killed. That's what Saul was doing. He got away with it for a while, and then Jesus Christ blinded him with the light on the road to Damascus, said, Saul, why are you persecuting me so? Saul was blind for three days, which is symbolic. When he went to Ananias' house, he came away speaking in tongues. He was born again, not on the road to Damascus, but at the house of Ananias. That's in my Holy Spirit Social Club teaching. The Holy Spirit Social Club teaching. There's some good teachings on there in English. People over here, they're spoiled. They go to the phony counterfeit churches. They don't teach the spiritual as much as they should. Verse 18, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. Verse 19, now back to the context. Yet in the church, in the church, I'd rather speak five words with my understanding that by my voice I might teach others also than 10,000 words in an unknown tongue. Than 10,000 words. Because why? Because they don't understand what you're saying. This is the context. People get this wrong. They think, see, we're not supposed to speak in tongues. Wrong. It's just the opposite. He's teaching this in the church, the context of chapter 14, you have to keep in context. It's in the church atmosphere. Yet in the church. Okay. Brethren, be not children in understanding. Boy, what an important verse. How long are you going to just suck on the bottle of milk? How long does a baby, a baby's ready to start eating food? What, what, mom, six to eight months, a year? They want real food. They want a banana. They want pudding. They want that ice cream. They're tired of the milk. When the baby gets off the milk, he gets more and more and more grown up, mature. One day, you know, he's cooking for you. <laughs> Well, that's what God expects of you, to get off the milk, get on the meat of the word, which is enlightenment. Enlightenment. Hebrews teaches get off the milk of the word and get into enlightenment. 
that's what I expect to hear when I walk into, I don't go to any church buildings anymore. I just don't darken their doorways. They're idolaters. Anyway, brethren, be not children in understanding, howbeit in malice be ye children. I'm sorry, I do not know what that word means right now. It escapes me right now. Let me go to another version and see what that says. Nope, I just messed up. I want to know what that word malice means because malice is a negative term and it shouldn't be uh, malice. Let me, give me a minute. Yet in malice, it's, it's still using that same word. So we'll take the time my secretary will take the time to look that up in the Greek. Let me look it up in the Greek. Here's what you should have. Ravi, type this out. Everyone get a Bible concordance app. Okay? Mine's just simply called Bible Concordance Strong's. And back in my day, we always had to use, Strong's was a book. And you would look up the English word and it would give you the, if it was New Testament, it was in Greek, by the way, just for your information, all the New Testament is written in Greek. The Old Testament is all written in Hebrew. So, the Strong's Concordance had a Hebrew section and it had a Greek section. So now I'm going to type in the word malice. Malice. If I can spell right. I cannot text. I hate texting. Ugh. 1 Corinthians. Malice is used two times. Okay. Now, in verse 20, there's the concordance. Here's where it comes in handy. The word malice is G2549. It means pronunciation in Greek, kakia, badness that is depravity or malignantly or troubled, evil malice, naughtiness or wickedness. Well, it means maliciousness, just what it says. I don't know why Paul wrote it that way. Well, let's get back to the uh, King James Version of verse 20 of chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians. It disappeared, King James Version. I'll cancel that one. Now my digital Bible is slow. Can you imagine if your digital Bible went out? I had a friend for a long time in a ministry, and, and he was from Italy. He had many miracles in his conversion. 
Boy, did he have a lot of miracles. Visitations from angels. Not that that's normal, but he had a wonderful ministry. Well, his ministry was to go to China all the time because he, he married a teenage, <laughs> teenage... He married a Chinese woman. I'm in 1 Corinthians. I'll catch up. 20. And he went over, ended up going over to China 120 times. That man worked hard. He smuggled Bibles into communist countries. He got by guards. He put his life in jeopardy to get the Word of God. They are so hung. Right now, there's approximately 200 million Christians in China. Did you know it's not well known? But they have shot, killed, silently put to death over 20 million Christians in China in the last 10 years. I was understanding that at one time, correct me if I'm wrong in English, Ravi, did uh, India outlaw the Bible at one time? I don't know. Or parts of India? It is just Satan wanting to keep you from having the truth of God's word because if you have God's word, you have the truth, you have power, and he has, he has nothing over you. Nothing. So it's satanic to try and keep you from having a Bible to having the word. He made over 120 mission trips. Well, now this new Xi Jinping in China has totally cut off any pastors from coming to China. He had a school of degrees in Hong Kong. I don't know why America let Hong Kong get taken over like it did because we had a weak president. We have one now. They're just sponges. There seems to be a global effort to China, let them have, they're making all of our parts, our medicines, our pharmaceuticals. I know India, I hope you start manufacturing and making all of our supplies and we can buy from you instead of China. China makes bioweapons. COVID was a bioweapon, that's all it was. And they're going to send out more, but we're protected by God. We have eternal life, so it's not to worry about. Remember, in the church, we speak edification, exhortation, and comfort. So be comforted. When I had COVID twice, first time was like a light flu. Second time was a little harder, but I lived. And I'm an old man. <laughs> I got through it. So God keeps us protected. When the time comes and we are gathered together, read chapter 7 of my book. I said I would never print my book. It would always be a living book 
at themysticalvoyage.com. Boy, I'm about ready to hit an hour. Let's, we're going to go over this morning. I'm going to finish this. If you keep up the numbers, people, where are we? Well, our numbers have gone down. I, you may be worn out by now. However, and you got you got to go to work, right? You got to go to work. Fourteen nineteen. Let me look and see if my little clock says it is approximately eight thirty. 8.27 a.m. where you are. Some of you have to be at work at 9 o'clock. I understand. Now we're back up to 30. 30 to 50 to 100. It doesn't matter. I told God. I asked God. I don't care how large my audience is. It's not the quantity, the amount. It's the quality. I said, God, just give me a family. And lo and behold, we have a family. We're going global. Me and uh, Brazil has 25 million homeless children. Mexico has 25,000 missing children. England, London is freezing over there. They cut off their energy. We want to go to South Korea and also Manila or to the Philippines, these poor countries. Now, South Koreans come over here to America. They love Christianity. I've met so many South Koreans who love Christianity and started churches here. So, verse 18, verse 19, verse 20, Brethren, in understanding, howbeit malice be ye children. But in understanding be men, be grown up. In the law it is written, which means the word, with men of tongues and other lips I will speak unto this people, and yet for all that will they not hear me, saith the Lord. Wherefore tongues are for a sign. Paste verse 22, Ravi. This will be our last section here. We'll go up to verse 24. Wherefore, tongues are for a sign, not to them that believe, but to them that believe not. But prophesying serves not for them that believe not, but for them who believe. So in other words, if you're already a believer and somebody prophesies, you understand. But if some you walk in or someone walks in who's an unbeliever, that's your cue to speak in tongues and interpret so he will understand that it's from God, that you have the power energized by God to speak a language that's not understood but able to interpret that he understands it. For therefore, if the whole church be come together into one place and all speak in tongues and there come in those that are unlearned or unbelievers, they will say that you are what? Mad. <laughs> Crazy. I'm not coming back here. So that's why you have to interpret. Verse 24, But if all prophesy, and there come in one that believes not, or one unlearned, he is convinced, he's judged, and thus are the secrets of his heart made manifest. 
So falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is in you of a truth. Ravi, type out verse 25 in Hindi and we'll end the night. When one is prophesied, he walks in. Thus are the secrets of his heart made manifest. Don't ever be afraid of that. There's no dark secrets that God's going to open up and tell everybody. It refers to the goodness, your purity, your love. Thus are the secrets of your heart made manifest, and so falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is in you of a truth because of that personal happening. The phone is dinging. There are people who are still listening. You're not bored with me? Let me look at the chat room. Oh my. What I like about you men of India, you have so many beautiful women to choose from. <laughs> I am partial to black hair, black hair and dark brown eyes. I just always have been. I would love to come to India, and I will soon. I dropped something. I dropped a mouse. And I studied in my early days Eastern religions. I'm talking 50 years ago. Swami Sachidananda. I've been to Paramahansa Yogananda's retreats here in America. He was... A, I read about his born-again experience. He was a Christian, yet he taught Eastern, Eastern point of view. I believe the, he was wrong in error about reincarnation. I know that. But still, I don't condemn him for his purpose for coming over here in the late 40s was to preach or teach or expound upon Christ on the Eastern point of view. There's another man from the East I learned from, Bishop Casey Pillai. He teaches a book called um, The Word Through an Eastern Window, different books he teaches. Like the woman at the well over here is taught wrongly that she was a woman of ill repute. That is not true. That is not true at all. She wouldn't be able to go to the Jacob's well and collect water if she was a woman of ill repute. She just outlived several husbands. <laughs> and the man she was now with, Jesus said, that means that she was engaged to. Simple. They want to condemn her over here. Jesus didn't condemn her. He didn't even bring it up. He wouldn't speak to her a Samaritan woman, if she was a woman of ill repute. So he absolutely was the first one that he told in the Gospels that he was the Messiah. <laughs> she says, we're looking and waiting for the Messiah. 
She dropped her water vessel when she found out he knew all that she had done and said, ran back to the other people. She was so excited, I found him, the Messiah, Jesus Christ. May you find him too. I'm going to say a prayer, speak in tongues and interpret, and we'll close out. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus Christ for everyone who's about to go out to work, go out into the world, that you can stand tall, stand brave, and believe in your heart that God is in Christ in you, which is the mystery, that you're not religious, you're not ungodly, and that you will be meet someone who you can speak and who will understand your belief your heart, and your attitude. So believers, listen, and I will interpret in English. Someday, speaking in tongues and interpreting in Hindi will be common because you'll be doing it. My people, know that I am with you. I have covered you with an anointing and power that you tap into and use. I am there with you always to energize you, comfort you, and build you up. My word is truth. Stand on my word, and I will stand with you. Thank you, Father, for those words of comfort and exhortation. And may each and every one of you have a wonderful, wonderful year and a wonderful month. This is the month of love, I've declared it. And I will see you next Saturday at the uh, music festival we have. God bless. We have a new announcement to make. I'll make it next week in about our, uh, but the app Let me tell you about the app. Go to your app store. You can directly download it now. Enlightenment Radio app store. Just type in Enlightenment Radio. There it is. You can hear our station 24 hours a day. It has a little click for the website. You can look at the calendar, which will be brought up today. And you can uh, listen to our podcast. broadcast live you can also read the book christ in a mystery in english like i said earlier that is the only book i it's called a living book you're going to be amazed when you look at it it's in 3d it's called a flip book but i call it a living book and the living book you turn the pages and magically you can hear the page turn and it stands out it will jump out at you in living color that book i will translate into hindi because it's a need so god bless you each and every one of you good night
you'll be looking through an old book in rainy weather. You see a picture of a smiling at you when you were still together. You could be walking down the street, and who should you chance to meet? But that same old smile you've been thinking of all day. I'm the flag to your nation, yeah! 